With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success. And practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And good afternoon. It is great to welcome you here to The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show. Today is Tuesday, September 27th. I am back here in the United States having hosted uh, The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show live from Madrid uh, and the Association of Fundraising uh, uh, Conference Congress in Madrid last week. I am here with you live from the nation's capital, and as always here on The Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. Up here on page one news is uh, just a few reminders on the upcoming schedule here of the Nonprofit Coach. We have a very, very active fall scheduled for you. Next week, live October 4th, we will be live from BlackBod's BBCon conference uh, in Washington, D.C. For the very first time, we will be live from the floor of a major conference in the United States. Uh, we welcome uh, BlackBot as a sponsor of the show today and look forward to having uh, uh, being on the show, on the floor show uh, uh, next week on October 4th, following the uh, live from BBCon show on October 7th, Friday, October 7th is the next green show. Uh, this is the nonprofit green show, first green show coming back after the summer holiday, so don't miss the green show. Uh, on October 11th, that is Tuesday, October 11th, regular nonprofit coach radio show day, there will be no show uh, that week that will be uh, closed for the Columbus Day holiday in the United States uh, for that show, and so we will be featuring podcasts uh, on October 11th. Following that, uh, on October 18th, uh, we will have live from the International Fundraising Congress in the Netherlands. Daryl Upsall and Andrew Massawi uh, will be our representatives live from the Netherlands uh, to bring us all the word and updated fundraising uh, information directly from the IFC. So that's coming up over the next uh, few weeks here on The Nonprofit Coach. For those of you who might be new uh, to The Nonprofit Coach, as the announcer said, this is a live call-in show, so you can dial 347-324-3080 to ask a question of our page two expert when we get to page two. You can also join us over in the chat room, and there are a number of people over in the chat room. You can ask questions there, and you can also email me today at tedhart at tedhart.com. As always here on page one news, uh, we start off with reminding you that you can follow along with the radio links 
uh, over at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. So first up here from the radio links comes to us from Unbounce. Unbounce.com has the non-designers Swiss Army knife of free tools to make a sweet landing page for your organization. Uh, this takes you through a number of services that are available around uh, the uh, the internet, uh, including things such as Fresh Badge, Google Forms, Paintbrush, and others that can help you create online services uh, for no cost whatsoever. So that's uh, particularly helpful to uh, our uh, smallest nonprofits uh, who have the tightest budgets and still need to have a serious internet strategy. Uh, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of music here for you and lead into our next story. about the founding uh, of Google, and of course, uh, if there is any website that has changed more of the internet, I don't know what it is, and they give you a breakdown of uh, the founder's uh, first meeting at Stanford in 1995, uh, and the registering of the Google.com domain on September 15th of uh, 1998, and they officially celebrate their birthday as September 27th. So uh, a little happy birthday music there for uh, Google, and a thank you to uh, uh, Google uh, for all the wonderful things that they do for the Internet and specifically for nonprofit organizations around the world. We often share uh, various tools and techniques that are available uh, utilizing Google tools uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. So, again, follow along in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Happy birthday to Google. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, you know, talking about Google, always looking at what comes next. Uh, well, we have an article today from Social Media Today. Socialmediatoday.com is looking for what comes next. And that's the beginning of Web 3.0. While a lot of folks are still uh, in Web 1.0 and struggling to figure out the interactive web known as Web 2.0, but what will Web 3.0 be? In this particular article that you can read today, they're saying that the Google versus Facebook debate is irrelevant uh, because the Web 3.0 will be quite a different web indeed. Uh, and what will define, as you read through this article, what it will be different about the Internet of the future will be the predictive nature of the Internet. For instance, um, the, uh, one of the uh, examples uh, that they give is that uh, you don't manually select your music anymore in the Web 3.0 uh, world by default. Music you like, at the time you like it, will be playing for you uh, because it has learned that much about you. Well, there's a lot of information that has been uh, gathered from sites like Google and Facebook about you, and the predictive nature of Web 3.0 is what will come next. Next here on the Nonprofit Coach, following along in the radio links, you will find a link to a webinar that I am going to be uh, hosting for AFP uh, tomorrow as part of their uh, national uh, AFP webinar series. Uh, this is the uh, next in a long series of webinars uh, and the second that I've done uh, for uh, AFP this year. The topic tomorrow will be nonprofit internet management strategies, tools, and trade secrets. That will take place uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is a one-hour and 30-minute webinar. There is still time to register, and the link and all the information is available to you in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Uh, next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, always a pleasure 
uh, to welcome our friends here to uh, the nonprofit coach. Uh, and in particular, I want to uh, uh, welcome Mark Sutton here uh, back to the nonprofit coach. Mark has not only been a frequent contributor to the nonprofit coach, but has the distinction, uh, certainly our honor, of having been our very first page two expert on the very first inaugural show of the nonprofit coach. Uh, and he's got some announcements today to share with us from Artez Interactive. Welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Mark Sutton. Hi, Ted. Thanks very much. Great to be back. Hey, Mark, it's great to have you back here. I understand that uh, while Artez is always on the move uh, and there's a number of things that uh, you would like to uh, share with our listeners today about what's happening at Artez. And, of course, in the radio links today, we have provided a guest link directly to Artez Interactive. So uh, tell us what's new. Terrific. Well, well, last week, uh, you know, th those of you who were following the F8 conference, which is Facebook's uh, developer conference out in San Francisco, uh, they made some pretty uh, interesting announcements um, having to do with the open graph. And uh, Artez was uh, very fortunate to have been included as one of uh, 50 or 60 uh, organizations worldwide that uh, were kind of beta developers, if you will, for this. Um, and it, it created a lot of buzz. Uh, those of you who are tuned into this have heard. One of the things that's behind this is the extension of, if you think about kind of the like functionality um, that we all know so well with Facebook, um, what they're essentially doing is they're opening up um, the verbs, if you will, or the actions beyond a simple like. And if you think about it, there's a lot of things that we all do on the web that, um, you know, liking it's um, in some ways uh, a little passive. It doesn't always quite fit with with something. Uh, if you think about the things out there that you do on the web, it's not always um, I like this. But um, you may be listening to music, let's say. And it's not that I like the music. It's that I'm actually listening to the music, again, to tie into one of the things you just mentioned, Ted. Um, you know, there are other things out there that um, uh, really expand um, – and, and involve a particular action. In the case of Arquez, um, it's not just that you like a cause. It might be that you're fundraising for a cause or donated to a cause. And so one of the things that we have uh, built in and you're going to start to see more of is being able to incorporate these very specific actions that will let people um, who are following you on Facebook um, in your news feed or your ticker, which they also just announced, see the sorts of things that you're actually doing right now um, beyond, beyond the just liking them. And that's the so is, is this uh, sort of bringing to Facebook more of the interactivity of of uh, this Web 3.0, the predictive nature of of actually training the internet to not only know what you like but also know what you're doing? I think that's exactly right, and it's it's training the internet, but it's also providing the tools to, for lack of a better word, publishers. You know, for, so um, Artez would be a, a, a publisher, or um, Spotify in, in the case of music, where there are certain actions or verbs that pertain to those uh, businesses. I'm listening. I just registered. I just gave. I'm fundraising, uh, and the, the the examples kind of come on and on depending on um, on, on what the use case is. Uh, and, and that's exactly right. From some of the competition from sites like Groupon and Foursquare uh, that uh, are bringing some of these changes to Facebook? I, I think that's probably right. Um, I think they're probably helping to hasten it where it's not just about, uh, in the case of Foursquare, it's not about liking a venue. Um, it's I'm actually in a venue. And I think that these are the sorts of things where it's about um, – sharing and not just my my preferences as in like but the things that I'm actually doing right now and that's where this this concept of the open graph and I think that that, that uh, Facebook in their announcement is basically providing a tool set that uh, organizations will be able to build into the way they interact and engage with Facebook and uh, it, it, I think it's, it's really going to be a, a very powerful way for um, organizations to engage with individuals and for individuals to communicate to their friends um, what they're actually doing. It's going to add, I think, so, a whole so new Mark, thinking from the charity's perspective, those who use Artez or are looking for services <laughs> like this uh, that are built in from other uh, providers, 
this is really about stepping up your social media interaction with your donors by, through your site, uh, providing these additional tools that allow people to not only say that they like you, uh, but now to indicate through social media that they're actually doing something. That's exactly right. And when you think about kind of the, the levels of engagement, so as you know, kind of setting the Wayback Machine, or not even the Wayback Machine, but the you know two years ago machine to uh, what what it looked like to work with Facebook. Many nonprofit organizations would have the Facebook icon there, where it would direct individuals to the Facebook uh, to the Facebook at that point fan page, and there would be an engagement happening there. Um, from there, it moved to the like button, where the like button it kind of permeated the web where people could say, hey, I, I like this organization. And now it's taking that extra step where it's happening at a much more personal level. Um, and it's not just that I like them, but that I'm actually doing something with them. And I think that that level of, uh, of, of engagement or action, I think, helps to draw in others. Uh, so, oh, okay, Ted's donating to this organization or Ted's fundraising for this organization or Ted just registered to participate in this walk or this event. I'd like to do the same sort of thing. It, it, it's a, a way of really linking what you're doing and making it more tangible to your friends on Facebook. Well, this is very exciting. Uh, Mark Sutton, the president of Artez Interactive, we can't thank you enough for sharing with us this uh, news from Facebook, uh, you know, with a lot of news coming, a lot of changes coming from uh, from Facebook that we'll be talking about uh, over the next several weeks. But uh, uh, this really does dovetail into our page two expert uh, today because uh, social media and branding of your organization, marketing and PR for your organization um, certainly are drawing closer and closer in terms of what kind of strategy you have. New tools available over at Artez Interactive. Thank you, Mark Sutton, for joining us today here on The Nonprofit Coach. Ted, thanks a lot for the opportunity. It's always a pleasure. You bet. Take care. All right, back here on uh, page one news, uh, we've got uh, from the White House uh, the opportunity uh, new services that are now offered by the White House for you to petition the government, for you to share your voice uh, in our government. This is an easy three-step process where you can go uh, directly to whitehouse.gov. We have a link uh, on the uh, tedhart.com. Go to radio links. Three-step process where you create a petition or sign a petition. Uh, you build and gather your signatures and supporters utilizing uh, services that Mark and I were just talking about today, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and others. Uh, and then the White House reviews and responds these direct uh, pe uh, petitions. Uh, so you can read all about how you can become even more uh, interactive with your White House uh, utilizing these new services offered uh, through our government and the White House. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach comes to us from Frog Loop. Uh, this is the uh, nonprofit marketing blog of Care2 and Allison Capen. Allison Capen has put together for us today tips to boost your online fundraising. This is a link that's available to you today. Uh, really terrific uh, uh, tips that will help you uh, look at your year-end giving and boost your online fundraising. I will give you a little bit of a programming note. Uh, very pleased uh, to share with you that Allison Capen uh, will be with us uh, next week on the very uh, special October 4th live from BBCon uh, uh, conference. She's going to be a guest on page one next week. Next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, is a wake-up call for brick-and-mortar businesses that social media marketing really does work. Now, I'm not sure that there's anybody who really knows what they're talking about out there uh, who is seriously suggesting that uh, social media is just a fad, uh, but one of the very important aspects of this article that comes to us from high-profile enterprises uh, is that users in the category age 55 and over are now increasingly connecting with companies through social media. Uh, so the uh, for-profit world certainly is getting the message uh, big time uh, about uh, social media and how this drives traffic and drives loyalty, uh, and uh, it certainly is important for the nonprofit sector to understand as well. Uh, next up here on the Nonprofit Coach is Fueling for Good. Now, Fueling for Good, we're bringing this to you as a link uh, for those of you who may be interested uh, in entering and potentially uh, receiving some funding from CITCO, uh, and that is the, the entry period number two. 
uh, actually ends uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, so you've got until midnight tomorrow to enter your ideas uh, for funding, and then their voting on their website starts on September 29th. Now, for those of you who might be scrambling and saying, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do here, uh, there is an entry period number three that will begin on December 1st. Uh, and end on January 11th, and then the voting uh, will take place uh, after that. Uh, so uh, the uh, Fueling for Good is a new uh, one in a series of uh, nonprofit uh, funding mechanisms uh, using social media, uh, and in this case, uh, they are specifically looking for charities in the education and social investment area, energy assistance and conservation, environmental protection and restoration, and health and well-being. So if your charity is involved with providing services in any of those areas and you are a 501c3 charitable organization in the United States, check out Fueling for Good or Fueling Good uh, at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. Now we're seeing fundraising now being brought directly into uh, the world of social media and the addiction that many people have to Farmville. Uh, next up here coming to us from Mashable uh, is that Farmville addicts can now help feed hungry children. This is a very innovative program uh, that uh, the uh, uh, company that offers Farmville uh, through Facebook uh, is partnering with Pizza Hut to help find, fight world hunger. Uh, those who are engaged in the game can purchase exclusive in-game items uh, for $5 with the proceeds uh, to specifically go to the World Food Program. Uh, so bravo to the folks who are being creative over at Farmville and for Pizza Hut in providing the opportunity for people to support those who are hungry around the world. Last up here on page one, and then we're going to go very quickly to our page two expert today, uh, comes to us from Karma 411. Uh, Karma 411 uh, provides social fundraising solutions to nonprofit organizations, and we have over in the radio links for you today five reasons why you shouldn't be afraid of social media uh, with some good advice and some suggestions on why it's important that social media is part of your overall strategy uh, for your organization. Uh, so with that, I'm very pleased uh, to now move on to our page two expert. pleasure to welcome today here on the nonprofit coach Jocelyn Daw. Jocelyn is founder and CEO of JS Daw and Associates, a boutique consultancy practice uh, and certainly a thought leader in our sector. Over in the radio links today, we have provided you with a guest link directly to uh, Jocelyn's website. The firm uh, guides leading corporations and nonprofits in creating innovative cause brands that engage and inspire today's increasingly socially conscious and active citizen and employee. Based on her writing, and we are going to be talking specifically today about her excellent book entitled Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding, uh, taking a look at the seven principles uh, that she has put forward to power extraordinary uh, results, uh, and first-hand uh, knowledge, she specializes in developing strategies and experiences that can help clients stand out, foster community connections, and strengthen connections to investors' interests and accelerate social impact. Well, a very important topic here on the Nonprofit Coach is certainly a social media and social impact. Today we have as our guest here on page two, Jocelyn Daw, who is an expert in all things above. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, Jocelyn Daw. Thank you so much, Ted. It's just a delight to be with you and your listeners today. Well, it's great to have you here on the show. I do want to uh, remind our listeners today that they can call in to 347-324-3080. You can also ask questions over in the radio links uh, or in the chat room, and you can email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. Jocelyn, let's start off with uh, I gave a bit of an introduction to your firm but tell us a little bit more about uh, Jocelyn Daw and the work that you do that brought you to creating this excellent book, uh, which is part of the AFP uh, Wiley series, uh, Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding. 
Well, thank you very much, Ted. Um, I, I've been working in the nonprofit sector for over 25 years and uh, really did what I think was pretty pioneering work in the whole area of cause marketing. And uh, my first book that I wrote in the AFP John Wiley series came out uh, in 2006, and it was on cause marketing for nonprofits, partner for purpose, passion, and profits. I think in the nonprofit sector, we all know the importance of connecting with uh, corporations and working with them and really trying to be innovative and creative in terms of the way in which we do that so that we bring not only value to our own nonprofit organizations, but also to the company. And so what I wanted to do with that book was really to try to help nonprofits look at this kind of approach in a new way and really give them the tools and principles and practices and, and lots of great case studies on how to do that. But as I was writing the book, in all honesty, it really dawned on me that one of the most important things to do cause marketing well is that a nonprofit has to have a clear, strong, compelling, focused brand. And so as I was kind of working on that section uh, for the book, I tried to find resources about nonprofit branding and really could find virtually nothing. There were a few articles, there was a couple of you know, blog postings, but nothing where it really looked at this whole idea of what is branding, how do you really do it, how do you use it to really, as you said, power extraordinary results, and that was why we, we chose the title for that book. And so it was about a year and a half after I finished the first book that I signed on uh, to, to write the second book. And I had the privilege of being able to co-author this with uh, Carol Cohn, and uh, we also had support from Christian Miranda and Anne Earhart on writing it. And what we wanted to do when, when we did this research was really, but write this book, was really make it relevant for every type of nonprofit. Didn't matter the sector, the size, um, what they were focusing on was we wanted to be able to develop something that any nonprofit could see and use themselves in. So um, we took, I think, a pretty innovative approach, and we, we um, used Jim Collins' really good approach when he was writing his book, Good to Great. What is it that is the difference between companies that go from good to great? And we wanted to look at that in terms of nonprofits as well. So we surveyed in partnership with the Association of Fundraising Professionals out of Washington. We worked with the American Marketing Association, their nonprofit arm, and Imagine Canada and surveyed 40,000 nonprofit professionals worldwide to kind of find out from them, you know, what do they think of branding? What are their challenges? What are, in their minds, some of the core principles and practices? And then we asked them to nominate uh, three nonprofits in their communities that really stood out. And we had a really terrific response. Uh, that was a really important part of our research. And then we narrowed it down to 11 nonprofits that represented organizations from $300,000 to $3 billion, from you know, regional, local, international, uh, in every sector, education, healthcare, social services, and really spent a lot of time studying them to really find what was it that really helped build a brand uh, and then really take that brand and use it to really build um, a whole organization around it. Well, that's great. And, and of course, this, uh, this book is so important to, uh, to the nonprofit sector in starting to help us understand uh, this issue of branding as it moves into the Internet uh, and social media marketplace. Just a reminder to our listeners that you can call in. I have a number of people who are on the switchboard right now uh, at 347-324-3080. Just press the number one if uh, you want to ask a question, uh, as opposed to you're more than welcome to call in and just listen uh, to the show as you dial in. But if you press the number one, that will tell me that you would like to ask a question of our guest. Uh, and Jocelyn, we're going to jump right in with uh, an email question uh, that actually came to us via LinkedIn in one of the groups that we're active in uh, via LinkedIn, uh, and that is uh, from uh, uh, Garvin Moffitt uh, from Nashville. I don't know if you, uh, if you know uh, uh, Garvin or not. I don't. Um, but uh, he, he and I have uh, exchanged uh, information for quite some time, and he's specifically asking you today, uh, what strategies are you seeing for soliciting and closing year-end major and capital gifts? 
uh, for uh, your organizations as it relates to this issue of branding. Um, so, uh, and he's he's also bringing up this issue of transformational gifts. So, can yeah. can we jump into the issue of how does this relate to fundraising, um, and is there anything that you're seeing here at year end that may be different given the economy or given the fact that it is year end? I think that is such a wonderful question and really bang on. And I, I would really start just step back a little bit in terms of in, before I get to the tactics. I want to kind of set the big picture here, and this is why brand is so important and his question is so important. You know, we work uh, in the nonprofit sector in incredibly cluttered, crowded, complex, very competitive marketplace. And I think that we all have to recognize whether we're in business to raise money or in business uh, to sell products, we are in the business to raise money to achieve really good things for the community. And so we have to figure out how we can stand out, how we can clearly tell our story in a succinct, meaningful way, and really be focused and stand for something uh, that people um, can understand and want to get behind. You know, I, I talk about breast cancer. You know, we're just about coming up to breast cancer months, and you look in the United States uh, and in Canada, there's tens of thousands of different breast cancer organizations. And for so many uh, funders and donors, they really have a hard time telling the difference. And so if you really want to be able to build a relationship and get those major gifts, you really need to be able to understand, first of all, what your brand is. And a brand is not a logo or a communications tool. It really is what is your leadership position. What do you do better than anyone else in the community? How, does that, how are you unique? How are you differentiated? And how are you really driving results? So it's really it's really knowing yourself and being able to articulate uh, who you are, which is really um, a struggle for a lot of organizations uh, that you know, may view this as simply as you know color scheme logo. Uh, even I had a conversation uh, with a charity in California yesterday that was struggling with their uh, with their tagline. Um, which, of course, all of that is part of branding, but it's not branding itself. It's not the, the heart and meat of soul of it. What you're saying is it really starts off with knowing who you are and why you exist. Exactly. And it's really being able to communicate what your value is, what it is that you do better than anyone else, and then truly be able to demonstrate that and connect with people based on that value. And I think, you know, it, you know brand uh, certainly includes a, a tagline and the colors and all those other things, but it's so much deeper than that. It truly is. I say to people, brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So, so many nonprofits have not clearly defined that brand. And instead of, and the fact of the matter, especially with social media, we don't own our brands anymore. So it's so important for us to be really clear and succinct and have a, clear message that um, really demonstrates how we are different and the value that we really bring to the community. And, and I think, Jocelyn, I think, I think you just said one of the scariest things that someone can say to uh, a charitable organization, and that is uh, in this new world of social media and the Internet, we no longer solely own our brand. And I think you're right uh, and I think that's a very scary statement. We're going to take a short uh, 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 sponsor break here. When we come back, I want to explore that further with you uh, and uh, have you let us know what charities should be doing now that they no longer own that brand. We'll be right back after the break. Great. to have BlackBot as a sponsor of the Nonprofit Coach. Of course, we will be uh, at the uh, BBCon conference in Washington, D.C. Uh, next week for the first ever 90-minute live Nonprofit Coach radio show live from the floor of the conference. Uh, do you want to raise more money? Well, BlackBot can help you raise more money. BlackBot is one solution from the world's leading provider of fundraising and CRM software for nonprofit organizations. 
With BlackBot, you can raise more money both online and offline with the help of built-in fundraising practices. They also have this unique giving score, which is really important, and this newly innovation that they've created that helps you focus on your very best donors. So put your efforts where it matters most. Connect with your supporters with integrated e-marketing and social media tools. All of this is available at blackbod.com, and today on The Nonprofit Coach at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. You'll find information at Introducing the Razor's Edge Eye that is available to you today in the highlighted field at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. And now we're going to head right back to page two. Social media different ways. And of course, uh, uh, we have Mark Sutton on here talking about changes at uh, Facebook. Uh, every single aspect of, of what you do is now linked as we move uh, from uh, Web 2.0 towards Web 3.0 in, into the future. This is scary for charitable organizations, particularly those uh, who are will, really still struggling with uh, what are we going to do with their website. Um, how do charities navigate through these new waters? Well, I think it, it really goes back to what you said, Ted, is, and, and, it's, uh, and in the book we really tried to look at this idea of how do you build a brand that not just isn't, isn't a brand, it truly breaks through. So I think it first of all starts for nonprofit organizations to really do that research, that deep uh, dive research that really helps them clearly understand, again, that unique uh, position they have, that leadership position where they can do something better than anybody else in their community around what their mission is and what is relevant to their core stakeholders. So I think it really starts with that, that really understanding, being able to clearly and succinctly define what your organization is. But I think what – oh, Sorry. I was just I was just I was just going to say um it, it, going back to your book and drawing attention uh, to your book which really does provide a step by step seven uh principles um through which nonprofits can provide uh breakthrough nonprofit branding um I just wanted to draw attention to what you were just saying is the first step is uh discovering the authentic meaning of your brand well if if it's not the authentic uh meaning of the brand isn't it true that a lot of charities uh, are so passive in in this area, which is very dangerous uh, in an internet world where your brand may actually be defined by someone else. And that is so true. If you don't take the time and to carefully define, and as you say, that word authentic is so important, uh, who you are and what your leadership position, that it has to be true. You can't make it up. It has to be true. You have to be known for for something. Uh, then other people will define it for you. I think, though, Ted, one of the big mistakes that a a lot of nonprofit organizations make, and and I see this every day, is that they think that uh, defining their organization and talking about their organization is what is going to be really uh, powerful. And what we found in our research was that while you understand what your organization does best, what you have to do to really start to break through is to build it up and take it to the higher level and talk about your cause and the cause outcomes you seek. So let me give you an example of a, of a take a food bank. People can talk about we're a food bank, um, you know, support us, we, we give food. Most people are sort of interested in that, but it really that's kind of the rational description of what your organization does best in the community. But to really break through, you have to start making that emotional and personal connection and make it bigger than the organization and turn it into a cause. So in our book, we have the Food Bank for New York City as one of, their, one of our case studies. And they really moved it from being about food up the food bank to this whole idea of ending hunger and ending food poverty in New York City. Now, how much more powerful is that message and that description if you really take it so that it's bigger than the organization. And while you have to continually tie back that message to the organization, that's what's going to really help people uh, connect with your organization. 
and 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 how flexible or how, how when charities are thinking about this you just brought up a food bank and it it, it reminds me of a uh, of a story that uh, that we covered on our twitter feed uh from the chronicle of philanthropy that uh 5 million dollars was given by William Conway Jr uh to uh food bank to the capital area food bank um and specifically his interest was not just in providing food to the hungry, but in finding ways to help them not be hungry. And, and, um, and so that that but that's is that redefining a brand is, is is that deeper defining a brand or how how does mission fit into uh, where you go with brand? Well, it really your mission is really a core part. Uh, you know, again, as I said, you really you can't make it up. You can't shift off and change your mission. You really have to build it on your mission. But it's really, you know, the brand is kind of that harmonization of your mission. It's your vision of what you want to do. It's your values. It's your history. But, you know, I think what I think is so important about what that donor did was he was looking at, again, that higher purpose. The organization is the vehicle to achieve that higher purpose, but it's that higher purpose and the outcomes and the change that people want to see in community that really gets people excited about supporting a nonprofit. Now, Jocelyn, going back uh, to uh, uh, to your book, looking at uh, uh, principles two and three, and, and again, depending on time, we may not be able to talk about uh, each and every one of the principles. I'm hoping uh, that we can. But those two principles specifically, uh, in my mind, speak to the importance of having this be part of the fabric of the organization to be thinking and breathing everyday brand, that it can't be somebody's job, that it has to be part of who you are. But how do you make that happen? Well, first of all, is that true? And if it is, how do you make that happen? Well, it's it's absolutely true. And, you know, I say to people uh, that maybe the marketing and communications department will be involved in helping to build the brand. It needs to be driven by the senior leadership. It needs to be owned with by every single person in the organization. And I think once you define what it is that really makes your brand special, is your leadership position, is authentic, is really that higher purpose, the next thing you have to do is you can't just say it. You have to bring it to life by demonstrating it through the programs that you have. And I think in our, in our case studies uh, in, in the book, what we did was show how when a nonprofit defined and really was clear about what it was that was their unique leadership position, they then the next step was taking a look at their programs and their activities and being brave and courageous enough to say, is this program really reflect what we want people to think about when they think of our organization? And I now, I, now, I might be uh, uh, showing a little, little bit of bias here from a fundraiser's perspective, um, but uh, for a lot of charities – it seems to me, and, and tell me from your vast experience if, if this is true, that those who are sort of on the communication, marketing, PR side view fundraising, messaging as sort of kind of dirty, like they don't want to touch it, they don't want to go near it. Um, and so if if they are charged with sort of brand uh, and owning brand, but, but yet it's not really open throughout the organization, are organizations actually right now sort of fooling themselves in, in thinking that they actually are structured in a way that they can succeed in branding? And I the think average charity. It's such an important point. I mean, you have to have your programs aligned, but more importantly, you ha- equally importantly, you have to have your people aligned. And I think one of the key messages as well from the book is how do you break down the silos and use brand to be the kind of uh, focal point, the way in which everybody is working for for gain that bigger idea, the higher purpose, so that you don't have these kind of silo fiefdoms where, as you say, and I, and I have had firsthand experience working in organizations where as a fundraiser and marketer, they view you as you're the person who sells us out. And that could be further from the truth you know, I certainly felt that by, uh, you know, within a year I had convinced people that I was as committed to the to the cause and maintaining and building the brand as they were. So I think it's so important that people, and one of the things that I we talk about in the book and I've used personally is this whole idea of creating cross-functional teams where you bring a group of people together and work collaboratively around particular programs so that you're really truly working, you know, to reflect the brand and to bring the brand to life. 
And so that brings us to principle four, which is this development of a 360-degree brand. So what does that mean? Because, again, it, it seems that if there, if there are those who are committed to being committed, as opposed to those who are looking at the brand as being part of the fabric, those seem to be two very different approaches to me. Well, you know, it, it, it is and it isn't in that I would say, you know, at the very base level, even you've got a clear identity that you want to be reflected in the marketplace. And that still needs to have a visual and verbal identity, just kind of at the basic level. So you need to make sure that your tagline reflects what you want people to know about you. Uh, you need to make sure the colors reflect the kind of personality and the essence and the attributes you want people to Again, think about when they think about your organization or see your organization's name. But that really, well, and that is important. I, I would really stress you cannot ignore that. You know, it is also then taking uh, your messages and, you know, those kind of core things that you want people to think about and know about your organization and really have that integrated into both your online communications, whether it's through your website, your Twitter, your social, you know, other social media, LinkedIn, as well as your your offline stuff, your print stuff, and you know, your posters, your brochures, your advertising, and, and certainly one of the big trends that we saw in in doing the research from our book was the number of nonprofits who used to not buy advertising who are now buying advertising to tell their story. Yeah, and, and I, 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 one of the things that I, I share here on this show and I share in, in all my presentations is the power of paid advertising online and how that really does need to be part of uh, a nonprofit uh, strategy. Um, certainly looking at Google Grants is one way to expand your budget, but we're so stuck in the, the mentality that we don't buy, we don't pay for things, that I think we lose um, some of the positioning uh, that's uh, possible for, for branding on the Internet. I do want to draw, draw your attention. You mentioned something just a few moments ago uh, about taglines, and we do have a question that, uh, uh, that's been asked about taglines. Um, this, uh, this person um, is struggling with sort of the, the committee approach to creating uh, a branding tagline where the, the staff is pushing for something short and succinct, but when it goes through committee, it ends up being long and complicated. Um, yeah. Speak to that, and how do you manage that? Because charities are volunteer-driven, so how do, you, how do you succeed in a world that wants to wordsmith everything? Well, I think that is uh, always a challenge. There are some I think really good core principles about taglines, and I think um, you know that any nonprofit could then use. And, and anybody who wants to get in touch with me, I can send you uh, a little bit of information on that. But you know, you really want to make sure that your tagline uh, is clear about what you do. Uh, I think there's some some core principles around the fact that it usually sh it cannot be more than eight words. Um, you really need to be able to again. So, so from your perspective, a tagline cannot be more than eight words. That's right. I mean, I okay. think those are the so, kind so of talk more about because I, I think that that's that's a principle that yeah. if if uh, charities are listening today uh, are convinced of that, that helps them at least put put some some boundaries around lengthy. Tagline. So why eight words? Why not seven? Why not ten? Um, where where does that come from? Because I, I think that's the kind of measure that can really help charities yeah. get around this issue. And, and I think you know if you if you can do it in three words, fine. But no more than eight words is I think just sort of the the, the, the research that's out there that just says that this is really important. And, and I would add four other things in terms of really trying to build a high power tagline. And I, I really do feel that a tagline is so important. It really can tell, number one, it really needs to tell a story, a message. It needs to be able to share with people something that is memorable, tells about your organization. And then I think secondly, it really needs to kind of talk about your brand focus, whatever it might be. And I'll, I'll maybe talk about, come back and, and give some examples from the book um, it really also helps to, needs to help differentiate you. And some of these taglines where they're so vague uh, that it could be any organization um, really can be is a problem. You know, so I think it really needs to really connect to who you are and what you stand for. 
and ideally, if you can have it so that it really motivates people um, and tells you know gets them a way to kind of you know take action and I think one of in our in the case studies one of our our case studies was the u s fund for UNICEF and they spend a lot of time thinking about their brand they're they're a great example and I, if I can take just a quick sec i'll tell the story when the, uh, one of one of their uh, previous chief marketing officers, a fellow named Jay Aldous, joined them in I think it was two thousand and three two thousand and four and he was sitting down and trying to find out from donors you know what did they think of unicef what do, what did they how did they compare them to other organizations? And really what he discovered was people outside of the organization really couldn't talk about who UNICEF was and what made them different. And so what he did was he went back in and he started talking to some of the staff and the volunteers. And he told me he talked to about 20 people and said, you know, if you could talk about, you know, UNICEF, the eight-second elevator message, the you know, quick quick message that we can give people, what is our leadership position? And he got 20 different answers. And that's when he realized, and I, that would be one of the first things that any nonprofit can do, is to go around and talk to your colleagues, because if the people inside your organization can't succinctly define what it is that you do and your leadership position, how can you expect people outside of the organization? Then, then you have a little bit of a problem. And then, then looking at... Uh, Principles 5 and 6 of your book, you then start talking about mobilizing external communities. So you you get alignment internally, which, of course, is is easier said than done. But then what do you need externally to make your branding work? Well, I think, again, it goes back to that clear, succinct, uh, you know, messaging so that you're really, again, connecting with people and making it relevant and uh, meaningful to them. Uh, so that you're, they're able to really understand uh, what it is that you do, and then also how they can get involved, what what opportunities they are, there are for them to get in, involved, and it really, you know, it really starts with not asking for money. It really starts with talking to them about the organization and how it's again meaningful and relevant. You want to make it, you want to describe the organization, but you need to make it personally and emotionally relevant to the to the outside world so that they feel, um, you know, that this is an organization that aligns with who they are and their values. And I think more and more we're seeing this, and, you know, you mentioned it in the introduction, what I'm seeing is this whole shift from people aren't asking, you know, what am I donating to, what am I buying into? You know, how does this reflect who I am and what I stand for? So, you know, what are the values? What are you really driving for and how does that reflect who I am? So the more you can you can connect with people on a personal level and make it relevant to them, the, the stronger the relationships will be. And your ultimate goal is really, you know, those volunteers are so critical because really what you're doing is turning donors into owners. And that's what the ultimate goal of a breakthrough brand is, is to get people to feel so connected to the organization that the success of your organization is their success. So, so that, so this entire process really becomes integral to social media success because you cannot succeed in social media if people don't feel invested in yeah. your brand and your messaging, uh, and that they're willing to share that with their natural networks. Um, so, so branding really becomes a, a focal point to getting it right. Um, yeah. And as you said, the the key word is, you know, those the that eight or less word tagline uh, has to be understood and owned internally throughout the organization and then have these external supporters then be able to take it forward. And and make it easy for them to take your messages so that you've got some clear, simple messages that they can take and in a quick email send off to friends. You know, I'm in this ride and here's why, and you can give a really clear, simple message yeah, because the endorsement of someone who is a friend matters a great deal to to someone as opposed to a solicitation by a charity that they care about. 100%. And that's why, as I say, if you can get your donors to be owners, that's when you're going to start to break through. So so wrapping up your seven principles, I'm so proud of us that we got through your seven principles. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm amazed. Um, Thank you. 
Wrapping that up, you you talk about it, and I have to say I'm probably – I'm a little bit confused here and not necessarily understanding – where this wraps into um, the, the, the final principle here, so I'm sure you're going to uh, help us understand that, but it's leveraging your brand for alternative revenue and value. Yeah. So it's not in line, straight line with your traditional funding. This is all about positioning for alternative revenue. Help me okay. understand that. Well, it's really about how do you take your brand and use it to build basically a social enterprise. So, you know, at the at the kind of base level, you know, is your logo something that you could license, for example, to, you know, somebody in your community? Is it something you could put on a T-shirt and sell? So that's at the kind of really base level. Can you – do you have a visual and verbal identity that could make a really interesting product that could generate revenue for you? Okay, you know, so, you so of, what you're saying is that it can lead to, but, but for, for – you know, those who may be small and may not have that, that kind of brand in their future or may not be looking for those kinds of funding, is this exercise important to lining up traditional fundraising and now, you know, considering sort of baseline social media is now moving into more traditional? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure I totally understand your question, but – um, I think it, I think uh, does, does, does principle seven or do, do the seven principles align themselves to supporting traditional fundraising opportunities or is it only in line with this alternative revenue source? No, it's absolutely crucial for traditional fundraising and it's also crucial as a way to generate untraditional fundraising through things like social enterprise, uh, business community partnerships, um, you know, as I'd say, talked about licensing. You know, if you look at a number of organizations uh, based on, you know, kind of who they are and what they stand for, Goodwill Industries, I think I'll use that as a great example, that was started almost a, well over 100 years ago. And, you know, their goal was to try to get people back to work. And um, they did it. And, and so there was a group of people who, and it was started in Boston, who really didn't have the resources, new immigrants who didn't have enough, uh, didn't have the resources to purchase clothes and that kind of thing. So a minister, a Methodist minister, went around to wealthier neighborhoods in Boston, collected um, used clothing, and what he discovered was these people didn't want charity. What they wanted was, what they worked on was this whole idea of how do we take these clothes and perhaps uh, wash them and fix them up, and then we use it based on the fact that what we're trying to do is lift people out of poverty. And that's what our mission is. That's what we want to be known for. And then how do we take that and then use that as a way to build a business, a social enterprise? So they opened the first Goodwill stores in Boston in 1902 with this idea of people then being able to be hired who were struggling to get out of poverty to sell these clothes that originally had been offered as a donation. So it's it's trying to be creative. We give quite a few examples um, in the book of how you can take your brand and think about your brand as a way to generate alternative, innovative, uh, non-traditional revenue. It's definitely not for everyone, and really brand is central to your core basic fundraising in terms of really being clear and um, and aligning with other pe- with people's values. Um, but there is definite opportunities, and, and it's a growing opportunity. Jocelyn, as we look at uh, just the last couple of minutes of the show, it's amazing how fast time goes when you've got such a fascinating uh, topic to uh, to talk about. Um, but I'm wondering if you can help, because we have a question that uh, uh, came in from Sarah, uh, who is asking, uh, what's the role of the board in this process? And so if you can kind of quickly do that in about a minute. Sure. Well, I think the board needs to be part of the process, without a doubt, because, again, I think uh, part of what you need to do in terms of defining your brand is you need to engage with those people who, who are really close to you to find out how the, brand, how the organization is meaningful, meaningful and relevant to them. And, again, because you need your leadership to drive this and really own it at the end, the more people are engaged in the development, uh, the easier it is for them to actually feel a sense of ownership at the end. And you want everyone to be really excited about how you've defined your brand so that it isn't something that you're forcing people to do. They are so excited about sharing it um, that it, it just becomes natural. 
and not only sharing it from a talking point of view, but actually living it and bringing it to life and making it part of really who you are as an organization and, and how you how you deliver value and, and demonstrate your value in the community and your values. So, Jocelyn, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to uh, have you here on the show. I do see uh, someone uh, wants to ask a question. We only have a minute left, so we're going to have to uh, hold that, but uh, I'll get uh, back to you uh, uh, at the end of the show and see if we can get your uh, your. Uh, answered. Uh, Jocelyn Daw, thank you so much for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. We will be back next week uh, with a live show from the Black Bog Conference for Nonprofits, BBCon, uh, coming to you live from the Gaylord National Hotel and Convention Center in Washington, D.C. Thank you again for joining us here, and we'll catch you back next week. Take care. Thank you, Jocelyn. Bye now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.